Wow, wonderful to be with your church again. And uh, it's been a, almost an annual thing for a while to come here and be with you. So uh, thank you for the privilege and uh, to you, Wayne, and the rest of your team. Uh, I love giving words of scripture to people. And uh, rather than take the time to do it now, I might give words to a few folk um, at the end of the service. But w- where's our piano player? She's sitting in here. There she is. I was really blessed, I said to you, by your worship this morning, so thank you. But I feel I have a word for you, and it's along the lines of, and I'll share it with you more afterwards, but it's, and give you some scriptures that build on it, but it's, I have this little gadget that when I go camping, I, I you take with me, it's called an, uh, an inverter, and it, it takes the current off the car and can actually turn it into the right current to run electric lights, and had that sense of picture for you and had this word as I was preparing for today that there was someone here, and I think it's for you, that God's going to give you the capacity to, turn, to tap into the power and turn it around into a way that's usable by other people in other situations and that uh, you, you are an, a converter of power, as it were. And God's going to give you a, an ability. Huh? Now that God's going to give you a fresh ability to take what, what others couldn't tap into, but you're going to be the vehicle that's going to be used by God to tap in and give them the capacity to, to touch things. So I want to share some things with you along that line. There was another, the bass player, is that you up the back there? I've always got a heart for bass players. I used to play bass myself, so I often get drawn to them, but I'll, I'll give a word to you as well. And it's along the line of just, just God wants to give you some clear direction. And uh, I just will share with you perhaps when we pray at the end of the service. But, you know, it's your, um, it's your, it's your direction, not your intentions, that determine your destination. You can have the best intentions in the world. But if you um, are on the wrong path then that's where you'll go. Now, I'm not saying you're going astray, but I feel like God is trying to say to you that there's a a fresh opportunity for you if you can just get your new bearings in God and some new destinations will open up to you, some things that you've been really longing for and believing for. So, And for you too, Wayne, did I give you a word? Have I given you a word before? Maybe. Maybe again. But I see you like a person who can wield two swords. Um, and one is in the secular and one is in the spiritual and I, I know God is using you and I know something of your life that God uses you in both environments but you know that's a, a really deft skill and I feel the, the thing that I wrote down this morning as I was praying before I came here is that there is insight that comes uh, and that will bring authority and that there is understanding that will, needs to be expressed with grace. And it's that balancing of authority and grace that I see in you that God would want to build. And I want to give you some verses that might just confirm that for you. There may be a couple of others that I'll share with as we go along. Where's Damien? I've got something for you too, Damien. I just want to, there are some deep yearnings in your heart that you've been wondering when they're going to be fulfilled. And I feel like God's saying, those yearnings will be fulfilled and for faith to be released afresh this morning. I want to pray with you for that. So those of you that I've pointed out already, come, come to the front at the end of the service 
and I'll, I'll just share and have a bit more time to unpack that with you. Wonderful. Uh, some years ago, I had, um, it was an unfortunate situation. I ended up having to represent our denomination in a court case. It's not the place where you want churches to go or, or where Christians should be. But unfortunately, it ended up in that place and it was a pretty pretty challenging and difficult situation, something I never anticipated I would be in. Maybe you've been in those sorts of environments or been in a court environment. One of the things that really stood out to me when you, when I, as I reflect back on that whole thing was the formality of it all. You know, the whole process that was there that tried to try and, that tried to take out, um, I guess, the, the emotional sides of it and that which could be uh, manipulated and made it very process orientated and right down to of course when the judge walked in um, he walked in in his regalia and everybody stood up to him and he was always referred to as your honour and it's that that I want to talk a bit about with you this morning and uh, I've entitled my message your honour because honour is an interesting thing I've only ever spoken I think on this once before and I just feel like I, I just felt drawn to this again for you this morning, because I believe honour is a very important quality to have, but not in the context that we so often use it. Um, and uh, I, I put a subtitle there of giving honour where honour is due. But in that context of the court case that I was in, it was all very formal and you referred to your honour and we have titles that we use in our culture, of course, as well, like we talk about people being uh, a reverend like me. What a, what a term that is, reverend. Good grief. Or pastor seems a bit more fitting, but, you know, you sometimes get titles that go with your, with your role. Um, we will talk about His Excellency, the Governor. Uh, we, talk, we have terms that refer to Majesty of the Queen. And we formalise things so on and we give honour where honour is due by title. But in the life of a church like this, and what I want to talk with you and share with you about this morning is building a culture of honour in the context of a church. And I don't think it should be just with titles. In fact, I don't really, I'm not a very titly sort of person. I'm very glad to be just called Hans, you know, or Hans or whatever you want to call me. Um, um, you know, I'm, uh, and uh, but I do like I do like where there's respect for for role and responsibility and where that happens. But I, uh, in the life of a church, what should honour look like? What should it be? How should it function? Because I believe there should be a culture that we permeate as Christians. That's contrary to what I see so much of our culture in our community and wider world where it's about pulling down and it's about pushing self forward and dishonouring and, and uh, have a listen to a couple of these verses that I've got here in fact I, I think yeah there it is whatsoever is true and whatsoever is honest and whatsoever is Pure, whatsoever things are lovely and whatsoever things are of good report, we're to think on those things. Now here's an opposite spirit to a spirit that we see so often operating in our world. Here's another verse. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, 
just as you're doing. The culture of a church, the culture of a Christian community, the, crush, the culture of us as Christians should be an honouring culture, should be one where we speak in a way that uplifts and strengthens. And there's those verses that talk so much around that theme, that we focus on those things that are lovely, of good report, to think on those things and to encourage and build each other up. As I was reflecting on these thoughts in preparation for today, I I ah, just go back. It didn't come up. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to read this out to you. Let me read this to you. It was the prayer of St. Francis, and it was going to go up on the screen on the right-hand side. Is it, is it there? It won't click on, will it? No, let's go back. Okay, let me read it to you. Uh, some of you know it, but let me read you. This is St. This is Francis really... Don't go too far ahead of me. Whoops, now we're going backwards. Okay, whoop, there we go. Who's controlling? There we go. This is the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, written back in the Middle Ages. An amazing man who gave rise, of course, to the Franciscan order, Catholic order that's influenced the world phenomenally. Um, and he's, this was his prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. And where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. And where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. They are amazing words and I wish they'd been up there and you could have read it with me. But, um, you know, reflect on that. What Francis is talking there about is an opposite spirit to a spirit that he saw working in his world that's still working in our world today. Uh, where... Where there is despair, he said, let's sow hope. Where there is doubt, let's sow faith. Where there's hatred, let us be the people who sow love. Where there is injury, let us be the ones who bring pardon. He's speaking really in a, another way about what I'm talking with you about this morning, and that's the culture of honour. Um, it was mentioned a little bit earlier that a few months ago, end of last year, I retired from my role and responsibilities. And... Uh, uh, both of, as the senior pastor of our church, where I'd been for some 28 years, and in May of this year, retired as our chairman of our movement here in South Australia after 23 years. And uh, it was very humbling to be honoured in those contexts and for people to speak uh, in an esteeming way of me. And I just, you, you, don't, you never start off in these roles expecting that they'll go that long, but they, they did in my case. That was a long season of my life and it was amazing to be in an environment where I was suddenly the one who was the centre of attention. And uh, I'm very grateful for the things that people spoke to me about. But I've been in other contexts where it's been very different to that. During my earlier years in ministry, I had the, the privilege of running uh, and promoting a lot of gospel concerts uh, and with international artists from all around Australia uh, and the world. And uh, 
ran big, and this is when I was uh, pastoring in Victoria, and uh, I, I did a lot of promotion of, of what was the rising uh, Christian contemporary music scene in those, in those years. And we had big bands and groups that came through. Some of them were fantastic. Some of them were really up themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> we had this one particular artist, who I won't say, who came, we checked them into this hotel and they checked themselves out because it wasn't up to their standard and booked themselves into another place and then proceeded to also buy $1,000 worth of flowers to make the place look a little bit sharper. Uh, I wasn't very impressed. <laughs> but it was like, you know, they were looking for their own honouring and trying to create the environment of, of their own significance and importance. Um, you may have met politicians in your life, and I've had the opportunity, particularly in my role as a state leader, to sometimes be in political environments with other leaders and national leaders, and you meet some people of significance and import when you speak to them, they, they speak through you. You know, they don't really look at you. There's no eye contact. And they're more interested in what's happening in the room than actually being engaged with you. Have you been in those sorts of environments where you're with people? I, I remember one amazing uh, guy, though, who was, well, I'll say who he was. It was John Howard, who was a former prime minister, who, who, who came into the room and you had his full attention and he remembered my name at the end of the night. I couldn't believe it. He'd met scores of people that, that day and he still remembered everybody's name. I mean, that's a real gift, I think, to be able to do that. But what it was really focused around was the, was the significance of you to him. And, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know him much beyond those few occasions that I've met him and I don't know what he's like in his own personal life, but I tell you what, it impressed me the honour, in a sense, that I felt by him even just remembering my name. And it's significant, you know, to give honour to people and to speak well of them rather than trying to uplift and honour yourself, rather than doing that which would um, cause others to think, well, they're a bit up themselves. So the opposite spirit is what we need to op operate in. And I, I, I love the spirit of encouragement and it's one of the reasons why I love giving words to people as well and being acting prophetically into their lives is saying, Lord, how can I speak of the worth of this person? How can I capture something of what you feel for them? Lord, what is it that you would want to say to them uh, right now that could be a way that you could speak to them in a way that honours who they are, honours what you would want to do with them? Can I just give a word to, to you as well? Uh, I just want you to know, God's saying to you that there are larger hands than yours that are guiding your destiny. And to never doubt the fact that God is with you and in control. And again, I want to give some verses to you at the end of today that really just reinforce that sense of God's confidence in you and his belief in who you are and where you're going. And that you should not doubt at all that... Uh, there's things ahead that aren't exactly in the plans and purposes of God. And that God is with you for you to find great security in that. Does that connect with you at all? You, you, you know, maybe as I give the verses to you, they'll become something even more fundamentally that you just go, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. But larger hands than yours are guiding your destiny. Just be aware of that. What's your name?
Tim. God bless you, Tim. So please come at the front at, at the end as well and I'll give some words to you along that line. But the opposite spirit. You know, when we start to speak encouragement into each other's lives, doesn't it just change the atmosphere? You know, you've been around also atmospheres where there's gossip or where there's negativity or where people are pulling down. And what St Francis was saying, let's us be part of an opposite spirit, a spirit that actually brings the power and presence of God into an environment where God starts to see. I mean, how many of us would match up to God's standard anyway? But in his grace, he reaches out to us with his love. He surrounds us and he continues to be uh, honouring of us as his children. Honouring of us as those that he believes in and gave his son for. That's how much God thinks of us. How much more should we think of uh, ourselves like that as well? Now, when we look at Scripture... And uh, we see continually that, uh, that firstly, it's, a, it's an action word. It's a word that needs to be done rather than just a noun or a preposition to describe a, a title. We don't, we don't just go around and say, oh, you honour Barry. Uh, to your wife, you don't say, you, uh, Her Majesty. <laughs> well, maybe you do. <laughs> if you know it's good, you do, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not a title. It's not just something we just give uh, lip service to. It's something that needs to come out of the actions of our lives. And I, I want to challenge you this morning to think about your own world and the things that where you can be a person who brings honour and how can that become the culture of this church even more so where when people walk in here they feel honoured, they feel important, they feel not only that you believe in them but God believes in them and that they feel they have a sense of dignity for who they are and significance in their own individual worth. To me that's one of the most important qualities we need to bring into our world today. And honour is something also you can't demand. It is something that is given. You know, it, it, I can't ask you to bring honour to me. It's something that needs to be, in a sense, volunteered by you to me. I, I'm so grateful for the many years I, I've tried to live in leadership of, of the places where I've been responsible to with a, with a servant heart. That's been really my heart, it's just to serve. And then to, at the end of it, for people to say, we, we now want to honour you for what you've done, it becomes the right way round because it's in giving that you eventually receive. And he that would want to become, Jesus said, the greatest amongst you must in fact become the least amongst you. Honouring, the spirit of honouring, in this place, in this church, in this group of people, in your life. Can't be demanded, but it certainly can be given. And let me outline for you uh, a little bit of, of, I guess, a bit of a study. And there are scriptures there, we won't go through them all, but ones that talk a lot about the importance of honouring. And uh, it starts off by saying that we are to honour, firstly, those in authority over us. 
governments. Some of you may be rejoicing for the government that we've now just got federally. Others of you may be in deep lament. But we all are called to honour. It was interesting, you know, I went in, I've travelled around a bunch of churches of recent weeks and in the weeks following our federal election, I went into some churches where they, you know, God was praised for what was happened, you know. And I went to another church which was uh, in the heart of Labour Territory who, who the next day actually, on the Sunday after the election, and there was a deep heaviness over the congregation for what had happened. But you know, we're all called, regardless of the outcomes, to honour those that are in authority over us. And there's something that comes into the order of, of what a culture is when you honour those who are placed over you and to respect the process of democracy and to respect that which is God's working through the will of the people. And it's a really important thing, but there's more than that sort of authority. One of the reasons I think I haven't spoken about this a lot is perhaps what, what these next verses in, 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 uh, in Timothy particularly talk about. Um, listen to these words. The elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honour, especially those who work as preaching and teaching. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker deserves his wages. And I've heard... Various people speak on this, saying this is really saying that those who are in leadership spiritually over you should be earn double what everybody else earns. Well, let me tell you, it's never happened for me. And, uh, but the honouring and the... It can't be demanded, you see. You can't use that as a scripture to say, you need to honour me in this way. And yet the scripture nonetheless says those things says that those who are placed spiritually in leadership over you should also be honoured and even given double honour. What does that mean? How do you unpack that? Well, it means that there are those in every situation that we're in who govern over us. That in every work environment, every place where we, we function, every network of social interaction, there are some who lead and some who follow. And we who are the followers in those contexts need to honour those who are in leadership over us. Why? Because it will bring order and purpose and harmony and fruitfulness to what we're doing. Uh, scripture goes on to say that we need to honour our fathers and our mothers. I'm so grateful that I can look at my father and mother and give them honour. Um, I had, there's a few here in the room who who may remember my parents, but I was incredibly blessed to have great Christian folks and ones who... Um, I have a real heritage in, in faith, and uh, I'm so grateful that as a young man, a young boy, I grew up in a home that was lived the Christian faith, and I honour my parents for what they were, and I just respect them so much. And, I'm so thankful for that which has been my heritage in them. But there are many in this room who would look at your parents and say, you don't know my story. And I can think of a few situations that I've dealt with where, and families that I know where that honouring is not something that comes easy. 
And yet it says in Scripture that we're to honour those who the, that are there in leadership over us, in our homes. The honouring of our, of our father and mother, even if it's just for the fact that we wouldn't be here except they were there. They created you. They gave life to you. And maybe that's enough to even thank them for, to honour them for. But scripture talks about the honouring of fathers and mothers, honouring of those that are in our, also in our relationships as husbands and wives together. And how do I honour my wife? How do I treat her as Her Majesty? No. How do, how do I actually honour her? How can I make her the most important person in my world? Not just on Mother's Day and not just on a rare occasions of her birthday, but in the daily context of the way that I view her and respect her. Now, Fiona and I have a pretty robust relationship at times. You know, we're not both layback sort of personalities. That, you know, we will. I don't, I don't, and I don't really want a wife who just walks in front of me throwing out the rose petals and saying, <laughs> Yes, sir, what would you like me to do? You know, that, what sort of relationship would that be? Might, might be good occasionally, you know, but if it went on for more than a week or two, it would get a bit. <laughs> Get a bit sus, you know, and 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 weak, and and just it would. I want someone who can bounce. I can bounce ideas off, and who'll give me some kickback against ideas. Why? Because the reality is, I don't know everything, even though I think I often do. <laughs> you know, God has placed Fiona in my life because I need to learn from her. And there are perspectives she can bring that I would never get from anybody else. And she's up close and personal. And, we, and we, we need to bounce those things off each other and end up with a better decision and a better environment than I could ever do by myself. And I need to honour her for the fact that God placed her in my life. And for those of you that are in those sorts of relationships, respect and honour your partner. Even though sometimes you may not agree with them. In fact, you may strongly disagree with them, but see that as the whole process of actually iron sharpening iron and something happening that brings out a better quality of decision making and a better perspective than just your own. So we can honour our wives, we honour our husbands, and it's not one only doing the honouring, it's both doing it to each other. And so in that environment, there is this positivity that is created and a respect that is created that lifts relationships. Now you know, and maybe you're experiencing it yourself, where you know you're, you're dishonoured in your relationship or where you've gone through periods where you don't feel there's any respect or appreciation from the other partner and it starts to whittle away and suddenly you both end up in your own uh, camps, you know, and I've just been dealing with a couple in our own church, you know, who for all pretenses seem to be having their marriage together and suddenly just a few weeks ago I find out that they've separated and I go, what? The, what's going on here? But you find out as you dig in and help, start to help, now they want help, you find out that they haven't been talking to each other for years. They just live 
in the same place, but there's no real meaningful communication. You know, they've, they've coped with the, with the issues between them by actually both retreating to their own corners. And, and there's no honouring in that. There's actually profound dishonouring because you're saying, I, I can only learn from myself and I can't learn from you. I encourage you, if you're in that situation, reflect upon how you can honour and bring greater honour even than you are to your partner. What can that look like? With our children. Talks a lot about children honouring your parents. In fact, it's the first commandment with promise. But it also talks about the importance of us as parents honouring our kids. And that we are prepared to admit our weaknesses to our children. And if we're wrong, to say, look, I'm sorry. And to build into that atmosphere of, of them growing up, that, that honouring is also something you as an adult do to them, and that it's transparency and that it's openness and that it causes uh, life to flow that's meaningful and real rather than just one of lordship and, and you know, where honouring becomes a noun and where you are to respect me because I'm your parent. No, they're your children and you can make mistakes and you need to sometimes go up to them and tell them, I'm really sorry, Dad blew this. I didn't think of it right way. You're actually right and I'm wrong takes humility to do that, but what an atmosphere it brings when honouring becomes part of the home, even between parents to their children. Of course, in the context of a church like this, we bring honour to each other and we're challenged in scripture that, to think more highly of others than we think of ourselves and to respect those that are around about us. And one of the key things in life is to remember that you don't actually know everything. And that you can learn something from everybody if you're prepared to just listen. And that every interaction has within it something that you can grow and learn through. And you meet people, as do I, who always want to tell you how you could run their, life, their lives. And they would want you to live to their agenda. And they're so full of themselves and full of their own opinions. And you think, well, couldn't you just listen a bit more? And what an atmosphere, how it changes when suddenly we start to respect each other and believe in each other's opinions. In the life of a church, we come together as a community of faith here. We do life together week in and week out. And I would pray that one of the things that this church becomes known for, and if it isn't already, is that it would be, be a place where people are honoured, where honour is, is given by each other and where every person can feel like they are important and respected and their opinion is, is, is valued rather than just being a few that rule and are in control because it often goes to issues of control as to how we respond to the challenge of honouring. To lift that spirit of control off us. To lift that which would cause us to live independently. Of course, the greatest thing we have to do is to honour God himself. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else falls into place. To speak highly of who he is and to honour him. 
In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6 says, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now we had prayer this morning around the gifts of the Spirit. In one of the other passages that wasn't related to in that particular prayer, of course, there's other passages that also outline encouragement as a gift of the Spirit. And uh, honouring flows so much in that heartbeat of what the gift of the Spirit is uh, describing. In Romans 12 and Philippians 2, Romans 15, these are passages that outline it as, an, as a part of what the spiritual gifts are. In other words, the quality of God in our lives is that he would want us to be people who encourage, who speak well, who honour, who build a culture that speaks more highly of others than they would of themselves. Uh, it's the very nature of a disciple. Again, there's a lot of scriptures there and I'm not going to go through them now uh, in any detail except just perhaps to pick up on a few of them. In Thessalonians, there are a bunch of passages there that talk around the, the importance of... Hang on, let's, let me get my, my verses up here. Here we go. Thessalonians, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. The verse in 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and with careful instruction. Up in the back corner there, the younger, younger lady. Don't feel embarrassed. But I'll, I'll give you a word at the end of today too, if you don't mind. Would you come forward here afterwards? And I'll, and I'll give you some scriptures that I just... Because, you know, there is... God would just want you to change the... Oh, no. To, oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Like we can feel so overwhelmed by situations. Go, oh, no, it's happening again. And I feel like God wants to say to you and encourage you, maybe in some specific things that... It can become a thing of elation. Oh, no. Really? Really? Oh, no. And, and, you know, no can be so negative, but no can also have a sense of hope in it. And that's what I want to speak to you a little bit about. I feel like God might want to encourage you with that. So come forward at the end. A disciple functions in an honouring spirit. It's the very heart of the gospel. It's the gospel of grace. It reaches out continually. Listen to these words in Matthew chapter 20. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be the greatest amongst you must become the servant, and whoever would want to be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I've already said it a number of times this morning, but you know, what a heart we have in the gospel when, and the display of Christ's love for us and the way that God honoured us by Jesus dying on our behalf. The whole story of what is the, the gift of God 
in Christ is about his great honouring of you and not wanting to see you go to a, a Christless eternity separated from him. But he so believed in you and believed in you as the image maker of God that he honoured you, even to the point of giving his son for you and I. It's the heart of the gospel. It's the nature of Christ. So, as we draw this to a close this morning, can I encourage you to think of others before yourselves? The very heartbeat of honouring is that of, of humility. And to counter that narcissistic spirit in our age, which is all about me and what's in it for me. And we live in an incredibly selfish world and culture that is focused around uh, that consumer mindset that tries to manipulate towards my interests, my thoughts, my feelings, my interests. And yet the scripture turns it all around the other way and says that it's not about you demanding honour, it's about you giving honour. It's about you operating in the opposite spirit, countering the narcissistic spirit of the age and reaching out instead with a lifestyle of honour where you become second and others become first and where it becomes our second nature or really our first nature to honour those around about us. A few weeks ago I was um, in a funeral of a, of, a, of a wonderful Italian woman. It was the grand, actually the grandmother of my daughter-in-law. And, uh, you know, I was just so blown away by this woman who'd come from Italy soon after the war to Australia as an early migrant. Uh, really didn't have much going for her, but in terms of academics and... But just loved her family, loved her God, and brought those two qualities into her world. And just gave and poured out her life into her children and grandchildren. And gave them a sense of, of honour by believing in them and respecting them and appreciating them. And there at that funeral, there was this testimony to a life that had been lived. Not about what's in it for me, but how can I be used to bless others. And as you live your life, what's the net result going to be of a church like this and of, 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 of people like us as Christians? Are we the ones who, in our funerals, they'll speak of as people who sowed their lives continually into the relationships that are around them and gave of themselves rather than just wanting to take to themselves? <coughs> we live in a narcissistic age. We live in, a, in an age so much about me and my needs and yet here we have the opportunity to operate in the opposite spirit. And I encourage you as a congregation to look at yourselves in your own personal lives and to reflect upon how you can bring honour into the environment around you. Maybe it is with your parents afresh. Maybe it is with your children. Maybe it is with your wife or your husband. Maybe it is in the way that you deal at work with those that are in authority over you. Let, you be, let us be people who by our very nature express as our first nature the opposite spirit that is to honour and to express a lifestyle, a culture of honour. Let me finish off with these two verses. Proverbs 3.35 The wise will inherit honour, but fools get only shame and disgrace. 
Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and love will find life, prosperity and honour. I wonder if you could just stand to your feet with me as we wrap this up this morning. Who are you to honour? What's God saying to you this morning? How can you become a person that operates in that opposite spirit increasingly? Maybe it's those in authority over you that you need to just honour afresh and ask God this morning, Lord, help me with that workmate. Help me in that environment to, at work to be honouring rather than dishonouring. Instead of being a gossip and a pull down, help me somehow to find those things and those people that are over me that I can give respect and, and honour to and express the opposite spirit to what I so easily would fall into, which may be to be critical and fault finding. Maybe it's relating to your father and your mother. How could you bring fresh honour into those relationships? Or to your husband and wife? into the home with your children? How can there be a culture of honour in those very foundational relationships of, of our lives with our parents, with our spouse, with our children? And how can there be that atmosphere that continually encourages and builds up? Holy Spirit teaches these things. And with each other, with us, as we interact as a church, as a community of faith, and most of all, God, how can we do it with you? How can we bring honour to you in even greater measure? More than just singing songs on Sunday which declare it, but live it out in the way that we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. To honour you in all that we do. Father, this morning I pray that a culture of honour would be uh, a very obvious thing that flows out of this church. That as people come into the midst here, they will have come out of an environment where they're suspicious of people, where maybe they've been ripped off and hurt, where they've been put down and there's not the worth or the honouring that should be of them, that they'd come into this place, into this church, and would feel what you feel for them, that you love them so intensely, that you would honour them in, in so many ways and that you've honoured them most significantly by making them you, your children. And Lord, that this would be a church where people build each other up and strengthen each other. And Lord, we're reminded of those verses we started at with this morning. That whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, that we're to think on those things. And therefore, Lord, help us to encourage one another and to build one another up. Just as, in fact, we've been doing and as we can continue to do it. Let this church have that culture, a culture of honour in all that it does. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord, that you give us that spirit by your Holy Spirit, the spirit of encouragement, the gift of encouragement that can work through us to bring encouragement to our world. And Lord, as we go out into our community, into our families, into our homes, into our neighbourhoods, into our workplaces this week, may we bring with us that culture of honour and remember how, Lord, we can function in the opposite spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a song which may help us reflect on that a bit as we wrap things up this morning. And uh, I think, Wayne, you're going to close off, are you? Okay. And those who I've, I've spoken to, would you like to come forward? And, and I know we just encourage you, if there are any others that want prayer for anything, or we just really believe and came here this morning saying, gee, I hope he has a word for me. Why don't you come out the front? Because there are a few other words that I just sense God wanted me to share with people. And I'd love to do that as we close off the service now. Good morning. God bless you all.